Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And now, coming to you live from atop the Goldenrod City Radio Tower, it's the one... The only Puckle TCG Cast. Hello, hello, Puckalonians, and welcome to episode 63 of the Puckle TCG Cast. Puckle, of course, stands for Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name our fearless leader Thatch came up with, and we're rolling with it. Here at the TCG Cast, we have a great episode for you guys. We're going to talk about what makes a good card. Now, this is a question with a lot of answers, but I brought the right people for that. With me tonight, we have, some say, a bulletproof vest wears him for protection. It's Gator Maximus. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome, my friend. Also with us tonight, some say that he can cut a knife with butter. It's our Sigma. (laughs) Oh, it's because we keep our butter in the refrigerator. Oh, that's some tough butter. It is. So we're going to talk about what makes a great card. We just went through the Lost Thunder review. That was a lot of fun. So it gave us an idea. This set was great. Previous one, Dragon Majesty, not that great. But why? Why? What are the reasons that we mark a card as good or bad? What, what do we think makes a good card? And we're going to touch that, but... You may hang me as a Pokemon fan if I don't start this conversation or this introduction with, have you seen the Detective Pikachu trailer? And I have to know, what are your thoughts? Gator. Um, I liked that, uh, not, even less than the trailer, there's the uh, the poster for it. it had a lot of like Easter eggs and stuff yes. like that. So it looks like they're paying a lot of attention to the the universe and doing cool things like Unova-style pizza, you know, because yeah. Unova being New York section. Yep. So that was, that was a good little callback and, and everything. So. And the, the, there's a fact there's a road sign leading to Route 1 in the With poster a as well. There. Yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty great. Um, so, yeah, I like that. And then as far as the trailer goes, um, I think it's going to be a cute movie. Um, I'm interested to see the live-action um, and where they take it, but you know, it appears funny with Ryan Reynolds. But I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't stick with the meow storyline. Whereas, you know, the Pokemon can either choose to talk or choose to learn moves. Um, so oh. that's where I'm at. I, I, I didn't even know that. Well, the, the, the Detective Pikachu is a different 
Pikachu, right? It follows the story in Detective Pikachu, which is the same thing. In the game, Detective Pikachu, the Pikachu can can only be heard by Tim um, Goodman, well, which you, is the protagonist. You and, three other peop- you and three other people played that game. So. <laughs> that is true. But that's basically the, the gist of, uh, uh, of the story there. That's why it's not technically a Meowth situation, because Meowth is an actual Pokemon that talks. Uh, it's more of a Pikachu that says Pika Pika, but Tim, for whatever reason, can understand him. And the Pikachu is conscious to, to the fact that he talks, but no one can understand him except Tim. So it's it's a real weird uh, 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 then dynamic, which obviously we won't spoil. I won't spoil the end, that's, uh, but definitely something interesting. What about you, Arsigma? What do you think about the trailer? Well... When it was first announced, I was expecting to see a train wreck, and that wasn't really a train wreck, so no. I'm excited now. So yeah, I think I wish... the overall <laughs> consensus in the internet was, oh, I don't immediately hate this right now. Yep. Um, and it's a surprise to everyone <laughs> that <laughs> it is something that now we're hyped for. It's like, yeah, no, that Pikachu movie with Ryan Reynolds, yeah, I'm excited to watch that. And the trailer, it has Greninja's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Greninja's make everything better. Everything better, uh, and the fact that they included, they don't, they didn't need to. Greninjas are not featured in, uh, at least to the point where I played. There were no Greninjas in, Doc- in Detective Pikachu, so they took some liberties with that, and I love it. So um, yeah, I'm excited. That Charizard looked beyond badass, um, and that last scene where Charizard just going to bite off, uh, gobbled up Pikachu was just a great ending to that trailer. So. Overall, I, I, I'm super hyped, and I know you guys are too. But we're not here to talk Pokemon movies. We're here to talk Pokemon cards. So let's go ahead and move on to the news. Live from the Goldenrod City Tower, it's time for Puckle News. And we are back. To the new section of the TCG cast, we're going to talk what's new and hip with the new boys out there. Let's start with a very important PSA uh, about the new championship points, the requirements, and how you gain them. That's why I brought my experts here, because they know points better than me. Sigma, explain to me what are the new announcements for championship points. All right. So a while back, they said that we would get this information in late July. So late July is finally here. We now know what the points we need to qualify for Worlds are. So this year for Masters Division of TCG, if you are in U.S. or Canada, you need 550 points to get an invite to Worlds. Ouch. Well, gee, golly, gosh, it's really good to know, you know, almost when the first set of the season is over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, timely information there. Uh, I guess the big point about this, though, is that if you win an international challenge, which is happening this weekend, by the way, so have a fun time watching that, (laughs) you don't actually get to automatically qualify for Worlds. That's stupid. It is stupid. That should have been made to be a goal with this. But the thing is, the scene is growing, so I understand why they had to increase the number of points. They actually decoupled it from the video game championships where you still only need 400 points to qualify. Yeah. So, but we have so many large events that you can't really support that many people qualifying for Worlds anymore. So we had to raise the limit. 
Yeah. Yeah, but if you are the best at an international championship, you should be qualified for Worlds. I agree. That this just is be automatic. Oh, this is absolutely true because you only get five hundred. You get five hundred points for coming in first in an international championship. So you need to get fifty points somewhere. Which, to be fair, if you're able to win an international championship, it shouldn't be too hard for you to rack up those extra fifty points. Yeah. But it's still disappointing to see that that's how it is. It, it it really is, and it's I know, and you just explained arts made this is because we are having an increased um, just amount of people playing the TCG, which is, is you can't really have a world championship and then uh, having a thousand players playing worlds because that's not the point of worlds. The point is to have the best of the best, and if you want the best of the best, you you want to filter that down to at least uh, a, a manageable amount, a couple of hundreds or something. So I do understand it. My problem is that the require the, the requirement of more championship points means the requirement of more money being spent, and that becomes in and itself a wall, a paywall for many players, where now they have to spend more money in not just tournaments but transportation, hotels, getting to those uh, tournaments that. It can become a little bit unreasonable for uh, well, many players out there that really are not, passionate about the game. It's not even regionals anymore. People are driving to. I saw somebody traveling to league, league challenges mm-hmm. at this point. Like, so, are, how many weekends are you willing to give up for this? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, best finish limits would probably be the better route to take. But yeah. well, let's see how it goes. Maybe uh, depending on how this ends, this year ends, uh, we might get a better clue or a better set of rules coming next year. So it well, 2019 hasn't started and we're already I'm already here talking about 2020. Uh what was that Gator? I said attendance is even down too. So it's like what I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. This is it's like they're not paying attention. It is. And and it's quite unfortunate in such a great week where we have so many good things going for us. We just had a great live action trailer for Detective Pikachu this Friday. Let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee's uh, releasing. This is a week to be very excited to be a Pokemon fan. And suddenly they bring this meaning you have to not only be a Pokemon fan, you just have to spend a lot of money and time just to be able to qualify for Worlds. And uh, it's just difficult to process. Uh, but this is how they decided to go, which is quite unfortunate. In lighter news, we have finally a full reveal of Eevee and Snorlax GX, the next tag team card that was uh, announced. Of course, we knew about tag team Snorlax and Eevee um, because it was revealed in the in one of I believe when was it? I think I believe it was in Worlds, right? I don't think they revealed. No. Eevee and Snorlax there. They just re- revealed Pikachu and Zekrom. And it, it, I remember being in the side of a truck or something. It wasn't, like, it wasn't a full view. We knew yeah, this card was, was coming. There was something that showed up, yeah. yeah there I was think a, that was a month ago or so. Okay. Yeah, it was It was preemptively released with no information. It was like in the side of a, uh, a van or something or some type well, of it promotion. Was, it, was, it was some official tournament. Yeah. Um, that's how we know about Zoroark and Greninja GX, Gengar and Mimikyu GX, and Magikarp exactly. and Wailord GX. Yeah. So this is the next one, of course. I don't know why they decided to pack Eevee with Snorlax, but it would have been much better to do it with Reshiram. You know, Pikachu, Eevee. Let's go, Pikachu. 
I say missed opportunity there, but I'm not working for a Pokemon company. Uh, but we do have Eevee and Snorlax, so let's go real quick over what this card does uh, and just see how to get a better sense of where this tag team is taking us. Being a basic with 270 HP is pretty scary. It's first attack, cheer on for one colorless attaching energy card from your hand to one of your Pokemon. Then you have second attack for four colorless energy dump press 120 plus damage if your opponent's active pokemon is an evolution card this attack does 120 more damage meaning does 240 for four colorless energies and then you have the gx attack megaton frenzy gx it costs get this four colorless and a plus sign afterwards <laughs> why a plus <laughs> sign well let's figure that out for 210 damage if this pokemon has at least one extra energy attached to it in addition to its attacks cost draw cards until you have 10 cards in your hand obviously the cost of having a tag team uh, card means that you take the opponent takes three prizes once it kills this one weakness to fighting resistance to none and retreat cost of four we're getting a better sense of what these tag teams are. It's really high risk, high reward. Um, what are your general feel? We're not going to rate this, obviously, Eevee, Snorlax, but what is your overall feeling towards tag team? Now we have a couple of examples to go with. What do you see in the future if this is going to be a great addition? Do you see many people playing this or not? Gator, what do you think? I mean, if you've got a couple of double colorless and uh, a Malamar on the bench, then this is fine. Um Give it two turns and you're ready to do 210 damage and, you know, draw until you have 10. But, uh, uh, I mean, it's colorless, so it's splashable, but with that retreat cost of four, the weak to, I don't think this is a good card, but. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can Kiawe it. Yeah, I guess. Like, but, like, it still dies to Buzzwool. <laughs> yeah, Yo, like yeah. an easy, easy Buzzwool. I mean, Buzzwool's gonna Not, have to hit 140. I was gonna say, you need a Deontay too, but. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about four prize Buzzwool. So, womp but womp. Yeah. This is like the Snorlax GX that came out. It's like, oh, this is cool until we got other GXs, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. What about you, Sigma? Overall, uh, yeah. attack teams. Uh, overall tag times, I haven't seen one that I've really liked yet, but I think we've only seen really two or three, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, they're trying, <laughs> <laughs> right? They are coming up with different styles, and it's not the first time we've had a combination of Pokemon in one card. Uh, you guys remember Reshiram and, and Palkia had a card where it was two in one as well uh, years and years ago. So Yeah, it, the it, Legends cards. The Legends, yeah. And uh, so it's, it's definitely... A, not unrecognizable, but it, it is something different. Don't know yet how the impact it's going to have. It's de it is definitely a card that you have to base your deck around it because you won't carry this big old powerful, well, powerful in, in, in quotations marks, card without having really the interest to, in powering it up and, and support it. So maybe there might be a little bit too heavy to set a deck to for a deck to have a, a burden with this card so i don't know let's see did you guys did you guys have it another attack team eevee and snorlax gx so let's gonna move on to the next piece of news uh and it's also one relatively new mechanical thing but 
obviously, what the game does, the video game does, the TCG has to mimic. Gator, what about Mel Meltal? So yeah, um, Mel Metal Box will be out on February 15th. It's going to have the Mel Metal GX promo, a jumbo, a, a Meltan promo, four booster packs, and a PTCGO card. Um, and they're going to be metal type. So this is the first time we're going to see these guys on TCG, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Very much so. And last but certainly not least, in a more joyful, interesting, and great thing, is the Power Tens, the Elemental Power Tens. Gator, take it away. So what these are, are uh, basically, how much do you love Eevee? That's what it comes down to, because um, Europe is going to see these Tens um, in February, and the U.S. is going to get them... um, on January 18th, they're going to be in a Jolteon, Flareon, Vaporeon GX special collection. Yeah. Um, and then US is also going to get the EVGX. So they're basically just uh, your new uh, Evolution GXs. And do you want me to go over the cards? Because they're all kind oh, of. Oh, no, we have already this. Yeah, I think we already okay. went through these cards uh, in a past episode. Uh, but just, we do have finally a, a, a set date for February 22nd. And, That's for uh, Europe. January 18th for us. January 18th for And uh, we're not getting the US. special collection. We're getting the special collection. We're not getting the 10s. Okay. So. so, yeah, there you have it, guys. So that's it. That's it for the news. We're going to go ahead and move on to our topic of the day, which is what makes a good Pokemon card. So grab your towels because we're heading to Topical Beach. Grab your ice-cold Corsola Cola and pull up a chair. It's time for Tropical Beach. Feel the wind in your face, the sun in your eyes, and the sand under your feet. It is Tropical Beach, and we're going to discuss today what makes a good Pokemon card good. Now, we've, we've this is our 63rd episode. We've been reviewing cards here in the TCG Cats for well over a year already. Um, but the question hasn't really been established. What makes a good Pokemon card? Now, I want to thank the Really V for suggesting this topic. Thank you so much, the Real V. You're the you're the man. Uh, and I really wanted to bring you two specifically. I ask because uh, I, I you're the most knowledgeable uh, Pokemon card players that I know, and I really wanted to see and a little bit of a mine your brain for knowledge into what do you guys believe makes a great pokemon card so let's go ahead and start with trainer cards though we've had trainer cards galore across the years it is an essential important part of the tcg it is no we've we've they've come in a variety of uh, of shapes and sizes of different types uh we got the regular item cards we got the tool cards we got the stadiums we got so many. So, in your expertise, what do you guys think makes a good trainer card? Let's start with you, Gator. So, I'm going to give this just like as a general thing, and this is going to be how I approach any Pokemon card. Any Pokemon card can be good in a vacuum. Um, that is to say, if you just objectively look at a card, you can say, all right, well, this is cheap attacks, this is good HP, um, but we don't play a game in a vacuum. We play a game in a meta. So what makes a good card is going to be highly dependent on the cards around it. Yeah. 
Um, so that's where I come at for this. But generally for trainers, what makes a good trainer card is a card that lets you break the rules of the game. Um, you have the ability in the Pokemon game to play, uh, to draw one card per turn. You have the ability to evolve a Pokemon that's been down for a turn. You have the ability to attack. You have the ability to retreat one time. Um, anything, and you can only play one supporter. So anything that lets you get around those rules automatically deserves a consideration. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll give you an example with Ace Specs. Um, so some of you guys remember Ace Specs from the Black and White era. If you have a card like Life Do, for example, that allows you to make it so that your opponents take a one less prize card per Pokemon they knock out, that breaks the rules of the game. If you take something like Professor Sycamore um, or Professor Juniper, if you're an older player, where you get to discard your hand and draw seven cards, drawing seven cards breaks the rules of the game. Um, things like uh, uh, Forest of Giant Plants, which got banned, broke the evolution rules of the game. So if your trainer card is breaking the rules of the game in a positive way, it is a good card. Yeah. Because in contrast, there are many trainers there that break the rules of the game. It's just not that useful for us. For example, we've recently had a a stadium that when your Pokemon evolves, it doesn't get rid of any um, status effect. You're technically mm-hmm. breaking a rule. The rule is when your Pokemon, you evolve a Pokemon, it eliminates any status effect that it has on it. Um, however, how useful can you find that in a stadium card? Depends on the type of deck you're playing, but most of the time, that's not really something that you yeah. would give you a leeway or a push or an advantage over the opponent. Yes, that's exactly so. right. Does it net you advantage in your play? That's why when we review stadium cards, for example, or tool cards, one of the first questions we ask is, do you get immediate value out of playing it? Or is it something that your opponent can play around? Yep. Like it, that, it, it exactly it with, yep. grant immediate advantage. It's something we go with stadiums, for example. I like stadiums. Like if there's a, if it's a stadium, I like to play it when it's something that I can use on my own turn. Example, Brooklyn Hill. I like being able to play a Brooklyn Hill and use it on my turn to acquire a fighting or a uh, water Pokemon from basic Pokemon from my deck and put it on my bench. Um, it is not something that I will. I won't. I don't like playing stadium cards that. It's an obstacle for my opponent just because stadium cards are so easy to get rid of. You either just play a stadium, your opponent either plays a stadium or plays a field blower and gets rid of it. So I tend to prefer stadiums that I can take advantage of its ability rather than an obstacle for my opponent, at least for stadiums. uh, At least for stadiums. What about you, Sigma? Yeah. The other thing a trainer needs to do to be really good is add consistency to the deck. Because the trainer cards tend to be what you are able to play a multiple of in a turn. So besides breaking the rules, something like an Ultra Ball will always let you find the Pokemon that you need to get out. Yep. Yeah, and which would, you know, that's, I think the Ultra Ball is a good example to break into a little bit more with that. Because if you contrast the Ultra Ball with the other balls we have available in different ball search, Ultra Mm -hmm. Ball, like Sigma said, allows you to get anything um, if it is a Pokemon, you can search it out with Ultra Ball. Not only that, it gives you the ability to thin your deck and to put things in your discard pile, which, again, abusing the rules of the game, there are a lot of cards <laughs> that play things out of the discard pile. Yep. So, again, if you're playing a Malamar deck, oh, look, I discarded two Psychic Energies, and now I'm able to attach extra energies per turn, and I have the Pokemon I want. Like, it just works to 
add consistency, like you said, finding what you want, and also adds consistency by discarding cards so you don't draw into them later. After, which is after a gr- you sent the oh, one way or yes, which is a great point to real uh, take note that every aspect of a card not necessarily is a payment. But it's a, another route where you can take advantage. Discard a, a new player or a person that maybe is not as um, knowledgeable in, in trading cards think, oh, discarding cards is a bad thing. Having Ultra Ball discarding two cards, uh, it's not necessarily a good thing. No, you can use that to your advantage because discarding cards meaning that you can break the rule. You can't just willingly throw things into your discard pile. You need something uh, either to play them or have them discard it. And Ultra Ball is a, a great way not to search for your Pokemon, but also through its payment, get things on your discard pile that normally you wouldn't be able to get there as fast. So it, it really does. You have to take a note of every single trader card and everything it does, whether it's the the advantage or disadvantage of it and see how you can twist that disadvantage. What seems like a disadvantage at first, twist it to your advantage and use that for you. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why. Ultra Ball into Lele into Bridget was so popular before rotation. <laughs> that is one of the most consistent things you can do. Okay, I want to throw this out there to you guys because I see I want to give people an example of a card that does what we're talking about but doesn't quite measure up and shouldn't see play. And that was, if you guys played in the last format, something like Shauna. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why, why now was Shauna not good when you can shuffle draw five? breaking the rules of the game you're shuffling away your hand you know why is shauna not good but then you get cynthia mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden people are playing play sets of cynthia so what makes that 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 tweak between just one extra card make uh a, a none of in decks to a four of in a lot of decks uh well back then we also had sycamore and n yes both which were yeah, which basically and and again, uh, Sycamore is another example of a card that you might think, "Whoa, you're discarding your whole hand." That doesn't sound like a good idea. But no, you can use that to your advantage. And Sycamore was such an excellent card, regardless of whether or not you have to discard your whole hand, because people found ways to use that as an advantage and not a, a, a con for that card. So it, the trainer card really needs to work towards your strategy and that's why you play them if if you have a trainer card in your deck that serves no other purpose other than what it does but it doesn't have a synergy with your whole deck the whole strategy then it's a card that really is may not may be good by itself but may not find it a good place in your deck well i mean we can also look at like tate and lisa now who have the same ability as Shauna, but also let you have the option to switch your Pokemon if that comes up. Yep, versatility is king. Yeah, it gives you versatility, and that's why that's better than Shauna, too. Yep. So overall, trainers break rules. You just have to figure out... You have to be able to determine if those rules that are being broken are the rules that you need need to break in order to get to your winning objective. Um, and trainer cards are really good at doing that. What makes a good trainer card in, in, in conclusion, doing what it needs, using it to the point where it advances to your objective. So anything that is draw support, always a good thing. There's bad draw supports and there's good draw supports, but draw supports in general is a good thing. Like if you had, if you don't have any of the great draw supports such as Cynthia or Kate and Lisa, Tate and Lisa, 
you can even get away with playing uh, Howl as song because it's still draw support, even though it's the worst draw support in existence. Draw, That's still- not true. draw support is the single reason that the newer theme decks are better than the older theme decks, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. The biggest change was them adding draw support. Once they added draw support, mm-hmm. they got so peers. And that's why draw support is busted. Yeah, it, it really is. And and when it comes to stadium, or at least I like to judge them based on what they can do for you instead of what they do can, they can do against your opponent. Even though, don't misunderstand me, there are some legit stadium cards such as Poe Town that work against your opponent, right? But they are abilities that work against your opponent. It is something worth the risk of you losing it that turn, and you're not really banking on it, right? So Poe Town, uh, when you evolve. Uh, wait, Potown was the GXs or Evolutions? Evolutions. Evolutions. I, I was right, yes. Uh, Shrine of Punishment um, will punish your opponent when it's GX or uh, every turn. So you play around that. So it's still great, but I prefer the stadium cards that work for you. Um, and then you have the tool cards. Uh, finally, any any, idea, any ideas that you want to throw out there for tool cards? I prefer proactive tool cards as opposed to reactive tool cards. Something like counter yes. gain or choice band as opposed to choice helmet, I think it is, and poison yes. barb. Yeah, I agree 100% too. The only color that? to that was, uh, again, if there's no way, if there's no tool removal in the format, like we had to deal, y for, deal with an XY for a while, yeah. then <laughs> protective cards are fine. But again, like I said, none of these cards exist in a vacuum. So if mm-hmm. you removal in the format than something like that that's stopping your opponent from taking knockouts it is positively affecting you so again like, good card. bursting even, balloon it's stopping them from attacking good yeah. card yeah Excellent. yeah it forces them to do something so and then we have this trainer cards and i'm sure we didn't cover all the different types of trainer cards but we didn't mean to in this episode but we're going to move on to another type of card and those are the special energies of course we're not going to talk about energies because they're energies they're really not they're essential to the game and they really provide no strategy other than that you need them to attack but you do have the special energies which are which are energies that do something else other than power up your pokemon now we've had a like trainers numerous amounts of special energies but not all of them have been winners apart from the champion of all special energies that ended if pokemon ever decides to rotate it out i don't know what they're doing with this game and of course that is double colors energy um uh, it is the prime example of what a special energy is meant to be you play it and you gain two energies instead of one that is automatic acceleration it is an essential card and it is the blueprint of what makes a great special card but we've had others in the past a sigma can you may, uh, what's your take on special energies? Uh, special energies are more dependent on what they do. <laughs> I mean, DCE is the king. You are correct. Double dragon energy was also great when we oh, had that. It was the also great, yep. Because getting two energy for one attachment is one of the most broken things you can do, which is why DCE attackers are always popular, like Tapu Koko or Zoroark GX. Mm-hmm. When you get to attack... Because the attacks are made to attach two over two turns, but then you have DC in the format, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> so, let's see, back a couple years ago now, Splash Energy was a fun one for me, because yeah. when the energies give a secondary effect that's worth playing, 
like mystery energy i believe is the other one that got to see a lot of play of that the psychic one yes yeah the psychic one the electric one could see some play if electric ever was played but like the splash energy let you gave you the rest the rescue scarf effect where it would return the pokemon to your hand if it was ko'd which was yeah which was excellent for greninja decks Yes. Around the world. Um, and yeah, and those special energies are really fun because most of them, I like those energy specific special energies because they would combine the power of a tool with the power of an energy. Um, mm-hmm. And it still balanced them out because uh, special energies, there are many ways to get rid of them. So the more you can get from them, because when you play in a, a special energy, you know this is a temporary thing. This is probably going to get destroyed because they're easily destroyed field blowers are uh, not sorry not field blowers uh but enhanced hammers yeah enhanced hammers are uh, are a constant thing although they're not being played anymore but we're getting too specific in this meta and that's not the purpose (laughs) but (laughs) things like enhanced hammer just one simple item card can get rid of them it is something that uh you when you play them you know you have to play something and it must be worth playing in order to do so that's why not all the energies like the fairy energy did not see many play i believe that just healed or was the the grass i don't know if it was the fairy or the grass one that healed yeah that's they were really the grass one i believe uh was, was the healer was the healer and special fairy was the special conditions yeah it, 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 yeah you attach your grass and it heal your your pokemon for 20 hp but this i can't believe you guys are putting disrespect on strong energy not one mention oh, 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 strong oh, energy. Uh, well i'm embarrassed like, so the king of the last format, and a lot of you guys can attest to this, was strong energy, especially combined with a good set of fighting Pokemon. Mm. Strong energy was not seeing any play until you had strong fighting Pokemon. But as soon as you had strong fighting Pokemon, having an energy that acted as a damage multiplier is something like a choice band or a, fight, a field blow or a, not a field blower, a, um, a muscle band muscle or band. a fighting fury belt. Um, that, that is awesome to have on an energy card that you're going to attach anyway. With no limitations on the amount that you could put on a Pokemon. But tools, tool Pokemon, unless there's a Pokemon that allows you to put more than one, you can only place one tool card. These strong energies or these energies, you can put as many as you could. As long, you could only have a f- maximum of four in, in your deck, but you could put all four in one Pokemon if you want it. Um, and it was something, I mean, four energies meant 80 damage more. Any more mm-hmm. damage. That's, that's a power that is really... You don't care at that point. You're like, I don't care how many enhanced hammers. I'm gonna play strong, strong uh, energy because it is just that much of a powerful card to play. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then another energy card I'll highlight uh, as a strong one that I've seen a lot of play over the years is Rainbow Energy. Mm-hmm. So Rainbow Energy has seen a lot of utility to make it so that you can splash Pokemon in your decks. For those of you that don't know, Rainbow Energy says when you attach this to one of your Pokemon, place one damage counter on it. Um, and, uh, this energy counts for all types of energies. So if your attacker is a water attacker, you can throw one of those in your deck. And now you have, you know, you can splash an electric Pokemon, a fire Pokemon, a psychic Pokemon, a fighting Pokemon. It doesn't matter because now you have the rainbow energies to use. And so it opens up a lot of utility in formats where having a toolbox available to you is important yeah and once uh, again guys... that drawback that you might feel like oh yeah but i'm playing this and then it costs us 10 damage to my pokemon that's not good well 
know if you're not using it to your advantage, but in decks where you had Drampa GX meant that if you place that in Rainbow Energy on one of your bench Pokemon and Drampa's your active, your Drampa's doing 180 damage now on its attack. Thanks to it, uh, Rainbow Energy dealing some small damage to, some small and controlled damage to one of your opponents. Same thing with Bennett GX right now, uh, that you can place a Rainbow Energy uh, on Bennett, and Bennett just can move that mount, that damage counter to your opponent. So not everything that looks like a drawback is a drawback in the TCG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where I stand on special energies. As long as the, again, it goes back to the trainers. Is it advancing your board state? Is it advancing your game? Is it interrupting your opponent? Um, how How is this card helping you win? Yeah. And, and is it helping you win or is it helping you win more? Because there's cards that are greedy that aren't necessarily... Yes. There, there's there because, oh look, it's even better. No, yeah. it's is it helping you execute the strategy you are planning to execute with your deck? Yep. And finally, we have another set of cards that we need to discuss. Is that is the most the best for last? The Pokemon cards, the star of the TCG. Now these cards, that's this is where it gets a little bit more complicated, guys, because Pokemon cards are a life of its own. Um, so I want Gator and Sigma to discuss, uh, with me, of course, what makes a good Pokemon? And now I know this is not a fair question because anything can make a good card, a good Pokemon card because you built your deck around Pokemon cards, right? Your trainers and your special energies are there to support the Pokemon that you're playing and your strategy. But what makes a good Pokemon card? Because we've, in this show, have the audacity to super super review them but what what are our not the what i'm looking for not requirements but what are our checks of what makes a good pokemon card uh, gator so when i'm looking at a card and i'm evaluating it like i said earlier you kind of base things off of the meta but some of the things that can give you an idea of how good a card is can be things like hit points. Um, does it have a hit point total that is easy for other cards to knock out? Um, what about the weakness? Does it have any weaknesses? Are those weaknesses relevant to what's happening right now? If there's a lot of fighting Pokemon in the meta and it's weak to fighting, that's an automatic knock on a card. Um, are the attacks costed appropriately? Um, a lot of the times, most bad Pokemon cards are bad because the attacks that they have do not do enough damage for the amount of energy you need attached, or they just don't do enough damage, period, no matter how much energy you attach to it. Or the card uh, might be super powerful, but the setup required to, to get to that point might, might not be worth the hassle to exactly, be able that's to play. The case, the case with evolution Pokemon and uh, things like Mega Evolutions that required a tool attachment. Yep. So. Those are things to look at right off the bat to determine whether a card is good or if it if it is worth paying attention to. Does it do something that other things are not doing? Um, the other thing to look at is abilities. Does the card have an ability? Um, abilities are pretty busted because they help you, again, break the game in ways that not necessarily intended with vanilla Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and does the card contribute to your overall to a deck's overall strategy? Or is it the deck's overall strategy? So that's another thing to, to you know, look at. Um, but what I mean by that is, can you build a deck around this card? Is the card strong enough to do that? Or is this something that's splashable? Again, when we uh, went over the set review for things, uh, things that attack for colorless energy that are a type 
are very powerful, like that Onyx, because now you can have coverage in your deck without having to have the drawback of multicolored energies that are running around. So that's how I take a look at a card. That's what happens in my brain when I'm reading a card. What about you, Sigma? Yes. Usually what I look for is how efficient is it for what it's asking me to do. So it's kind of like what Gator said. On Say if it's a stage two, it better be doing something pretty cool. Or, or pretty at the very least, you thing. have a method to get there real quick. Really quick. Yes. I mean, look at Jump Luff in the last set, where it's technically a stage two, but it's really a stage one. Because the skip loom in the set says, hey, just evolve it right away. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that one has such an easy setup that that's mm-hmm. what makes a deck like Lost March seem a reasonable deck. Yep. And same thing, I'm sorry, I have to do an obligatory mention, Greninja Break. Greninja Break mm-hmm. is essentially a stage 3 Pokemon. But what made Greninja Break play it, playable was the fact that you had a Frogadier. Frogadier was the real star of that deck. It was not Greninja. Because Frogadier allowed you to get those stage 1s in your, on your bench without evolving sta- uh, the basic. And it gave you, by the time you evolve them when you attack, so you're on, they're on your bench, by the time the turn comes back to you, they're ready to be evolved. So you're already stacked up in Greninja's in your deck, uh, because Frogadier allowed it to happen as fast as it could. Um, so that things that automatically make a Pokemon card good. Now, they don't, this, uh, and I'm making this criteria, uh, things that you always look out for, cheap attacks. Right, an attack. Uh, we love those attacks that only cost one, <laughs> one uh, energy or two energy, or or maybe a double colorless energy and an, uh, and a regular basic energy. Uh, yeah, those, uh, usually when I see a card that costs two basic energies and then a colorless, is when I start to uh, raise my eyes a little bit at that card because it's probably just a little too difficult to set up. Yeah, it's not the same to say you need two psychic energies than you need two colorless energy because you can get those mm-hmm. colorless energies in one turn those I mean there energies are, you can with Malamore <laughs> which is what goes to what Gator says yeah. uh, depends on the meta right now we're having a, a meta where I use the bad example because psychic energies are easy to come by thanks to Malamore and other uh, um, methods right now but uh, you get basic the basic idea another thing that makes Pokemon card in my uh, perspective really good is free retreat costs Mm-hmm. You like want to be able, yeah, like Greninja, like uh, Tapu uh, Coco, uh, Baby Tapu Coco, you know, many other cards that they're easy to go on and off. Why? Because the ability to be able to retreat from uh, your active, it's something that many players take for granted. Sometimes a game is made when your opponent Guzmas, one of your heavy hitters, when you're a heavy Pokemon, into your active and you have no way of retreating it, giving your opponent much needed time for him to continue setting up and you're basically blocked from doing anything until you either get a, a card that allows you to switch him out or pay the price for that retreat cost. So that's another so, thing that I really like. Go ahead. What would, how would you guys evaluate like uh, a card, for example? So I'm just going to throw out like a random example. Let's build a card in our heads, right? Yep. Let's say it's a stage one, right? Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, about 210 yeah. hit points. Solid, right? Let's say it had, yeah, it's got it's to be a GX. Let's say it had an ability that lets you Ooh. draw cards. How good would Ooh. that be, right? Yeah, and then that... it had an attack where you could change the amount of damage it did by just by adding Pokemon to your bench, and the attack only cost <laughs> double colorless. <laughs> oh, how great would that card be? Like, <laughs> that it has a GX attack right? that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> no, like the GX. 
fair that the GX attack doesn't matter because that we don't want to make it too busted. But like, yeah, what yeah, if yeah. we? And then what if we made it a dark type so it was relevant against a lot of different things, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, that double colors attack so it's splashable in any deck. How like how would you guys rate a card like that? Would that be busted? Well, which, th- which is a great leeway to one of the questions that we wanted to ask here is is a card too good for its own merits and now of course we're, we're laughing here and for those of you at home that didn't get get his reference and joke he's talking about sotorak gx which right now arguably it's the best card in the format arguably and multiple formats question mark <laughs> multiple, yeah, multiple. uh people it, it, it's it, sotorak gx has arrived to that uh, uh what i call the night march sweet spot it is where it's a go- a card is too good that everyone hates it uh because it's too good now do cards like sotor gx night march or joltic to be more specific uh do these cards ruin the game this is a debate okay. that always Ooh. been going on this is a perfect example, though. This is a no. perfect example of what I mean. Good in a vacuum versus good in a meta. Joltik is an objectively bad card. The Night March mm-hmm. Joltik is objectively bad. Unless you have Night Marchers in your discard. Yeah. Well, unless you have Battle Compression you are in the playing, format. Yeah. <laughs> if, you have, if you have a way of breaking that card that builds a deck around it, then it becomes a good card. But objectively speaking, it is a bad card. Yeah. Like 30 it, HP? It, it, 30 HP, like, it sucks. Retreat cost, I think it's still one, right? It's yeah. Not even, yeah, still one color no, it's, retreat cost. Hmm? Yeah, I think it's yeah. one. Joltik doesn't, Joltik doesn't have free retreat, so. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, so it's, so oh, yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Arguably, this card is, uh, it's garbage. But everyone hated it. And not because it was garbage, it's because it was so good that it was constantly winning championships. Now, do these cards, can you, I guess the question is twofold, is this card really too good for its own good? And secondly, does really, really, really good cards ruin the game? I mean, I think it's a fair card in standard. If, if they were to have put it in the same format that we had uh, Skyfield, <laughs> maybe I'd say different things. But in standard, I think it's a fair card. Uh, you're talking about Zoroark GX, though, not yes, Zoroark GX. GX. Okay. But no, okay. but I mean, I guess my question was not specifically on Zoroark, but in general, do do really, really, really good cards really break the game? In in your guys' perspective, I think they Zoroark GX, Night March, so forth, so forth. I think they can if there's not an answer. Um, I'll give you an example. Night March for a long time had no answers to it. Um, yeah, either played it or played the cards that beat it. So I think that's destabilizing to a format to have something where you can't answer it, where you have to play it or play the deck that beats it. Um, I don't like that kind of stalemate that happens, but I think it is healthy to have powerful cards because I want to play the game of Pokemon. I don't want to sit there and attach energies until we, you know, oh, gee, golly whiz, my opponent got to go first. So they've got their five energies attached to their big boys. So they're going to knock me out because I'm a turn behind. Like, I think creative deck building to have different options available. And I think, like, cards like Tapu Lele GX, for example, ubiquitous, right? Mm-hmm. In a bunch of different decks. Not overpowered, still a super good card, but it doesn't, if you have Tapu Lele GX, you don't win. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not a, I, ha- I played this card. Now I'm going to win. It is a very yeah. strong card, it is, but it's still a fair card. And I think that's part of the thing is like, is the card fair? And is the strategy with the deck fair? Sigma. Yeah. Like Zoroark was a pain in the butt when it first came out, but the set right afterwards had Buzzwall GX ready to punch it. So. Yeah. I mean, it didn't well, stop yeah, like, Zoroark GX too. from being so it's such an epic uh, yeah. hit in the meta, but yeah. Well, look at yeah. Gardevoir GX at the time, because Gardevoir GX was, like, everywhere, and it was winning tournaments, yes, and example. nobody could deal with it, but then you had other cards printed that dealt with it, and now it's not something that you see very often. No. Still a strong it's card. Objectively, it's still an objectively strong card, because you cheat out energy, um, you're able to recycle your graveyard, um, you're able to just really hit numbers that you need to hit with it. Super good, however... Other cards came to check and balance it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So, there you have it, guys. That's basically our little point of view of what makes a Pokemon card great. I want to know your guys' example, your guys' favorite cards. Please let us know. Send an email to pucklepodcast at gmail.com. And the question this time around is going to be, can a card be too good? And what's your favorite card? Let us know, and we'll definitely feature it in our next episode. Now, we're going to move on to the next part of the podcast, which is going to be good old Who's That Pokemon, Pokemon 15 questions. So do not move, guys, because we'll, we'll be right back. Who's That Pokemon? And we are back to Pokemon 15 questions, Who's That Pokemon, where I try to stump our co-host. Now you guys know the rules. They're very simple. Lower your browsers. No Pokedexes help. No 3DSs out. You can only use your noggin to answer, to ask the questions to guess this Pokemon. Of course, questions cannot be related to Pokedex and Pokemon entries. Uh, sorry, Pokemon numbers. Uh, nor you can ask questions that uh, uh, are about the, oh, is this Pokemon in gold, uh, gold and silver, for example. No, only in-game questions only. You have 15 questions. One of those questions has to be guessing the Pokemon. And the order is going to be simple. By seniority, Gate starting with Gator, following by Sigma. You got 15 questions, so let's go ahead and start this baby up. Gator, who's that Pokemon? Um, Is this Pokemon a dual type? It is not. Uh Uh-oh. Is this Pokemon in an evolutionary line? Yes. Okay. Um, can this Pokemon be found in the Kanto region? That's a good question. No. Hmm. Is this Pokemon... Would this Pokemon be considered a basic in the TCG? No. Um, is this Pokemon in the field egg group? That's a good question. Let me, t- <laughs> uh, let me dig a little bit here. It'd be at the top of the page on Pokebeach. 
What about in Cerebi? <laughs> oh. Uh, you'd have to look at egg groups on the Pokemon page. Ugh. Making this so difficult. <laughs> Let me go to Bulbapedia. <laughs> I think it's easier there. Hopefully you don't get bombarded by the ads. <laughs> well, I hope my blo- uh, my uh, ad blocker will block it. Okay, I'm almost there. I don't even want to edit this out. It's fun. Egg groups. So in Bulbapedia, it is... Oh, found it. It is not. I'm field egg group. Okay. Wow, Sarah, you dropped the ball there. Uh, let's see. In the TCG, would this be considered... Or is this the final evolution of a Pokemon? Yes. Okay. Um, Is this Pokemon a water type? Nope. Well, that eliminates a lot of them. This is true. Uh, let's see. So we know it's the final evolution, but we don't know if it's stage one or stage two. But we know it's not a water type. Uh, does this Pokemon have any immunities based on typing? Mm, no. Okay, so that eliminates uh, Ghost, uh, Fighting, and Normal? Uh, no. Uh, it gets rid of a lot of things. So it means that it can't be... If it doesn't have any immunities, that means it can't be normal, can't be ghost, can't be... It's like half of the Pokemon. Fairy? Yep. Yeah, because fairies mean to dragon. Dark, steel, flying. Well, that's a lot. So what does that leave us? Ground is out. Not that there's many mono ground types. It could have been anyway, but so we saw fire. We have bug, poison, ice, psychic, dragon. Uh, this is tricky. Okay, um, should I go ahead and just ask if it's a stage one? I guess so. Yeah. Um, is this Pokemon, would it be considered a stage one in the TCG? That's a good question. Bear with me here. It's a baby Pokemon. He's screwing with us. No, it's Damn. not a baby. It's not a baby Pokemon because it's the final evolution. But it could be an Electivire. Ooh. <laughs> or a Magmortar. Because technically in the stage in the TCG it's a stage one, but in the video games it's a stage two, and that would be throw them off. Well what's the question again? Is this Pokemon considered a stage one in the TCG? Yes. Okay. Um, oh for Sigma, that's gonna be question number ten. Is this Pokemon either a fire or electric type? Yes. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so mono fire or mono electric. So that is an evolution. So it gets rid of all those stupid Pikachu clones. Um, okay. So that's it. It okay. doesn't get rid of the original Pikachu. So right. we have. Yes, it does because it's in Kanto. <laughs> so what is that? Charmeleon, Electrode, Electivire. It's a final evolution, so it can't be Charmeleon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So 
that could make it a it's a final stage one that's not in Kanto. So no, we didn't ask Kanto. We asked um Yeah, you asked if it's in Kanto. Kalos. Kalos is what I asked. Oh, oh I, 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 I yeah, I understood Kanto. You said Kanto. Oh, I thought I said, oh, I thought oh. I said Kalos. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll go with Kanto. Um uh, let's see. So it's probably Electivire Magmortar or, or Electrode. No, wait, Electrode can be found in Kanto. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Um would you invite this Pokemon into your paper mache shop? <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, Let's well, say you have some very flammable, valuable paper mache that you were trying to sell. <laughs> Would you invite this Pokemon into your shop? <laughs> I mean, if it's well behaved. Uh, but I would say no. <laughs> oh, does this Pokemon evolve via trading it with an item? Yes. How many questions are we on now? Like, You're in question you. number uh, 13 now. All right. Say I was having a heart attack. Would this Pokemon <laughs> be good to have around? Uh, no, you know it's a fire type because he wouldn't have invited it into his <laughs> mache store. <laughs> Does it have arm cannons? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a better one. Does it have arm cannons? That's the question. Does this Pokemon have arm cannons? Yes. So is this Pokemon Magmortar? Yes, I hate you guys. <laughs> Man, that's stage. Stage question gave it away. <laughs> I'm like, damn it! It's... <laughs> I was hoping you just answered. Uh, you 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 would ask the question: uh, Is this a stage two Pokemon? But most without uh, when you're not here, Gator. Most of the time, people ask that, and I could go away with saying like, it's a stage two uh, because they didn't specify. But you specifically <laughs> said, "Is it considered in the TCG?" I'm like. Damn it. <laughs> you hesitated. Yep. It was weakness. <laughs> okay, guys, that was great. <laughs> Congratulations there. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for being here and discussing cards with me. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Of course, uh, Puggle doesn't end when this show ends. We have so many other uh, shows there. Uh, obviously, the main flagship, Puggle Podcast. Do not miss it every Monday. Stay tuned for next week's episode because yours truly is going to be featured and I'm going to be fangirling over both Detective Pikachu and Let's Go. So, do not miss that. Um, also, do not miss in Puggle Plus, the channel you're listening this here in, uh, our Game Corner show as well as Battlecast, the number one show for competitive player. Now, other than that, please join our community. You can do that by either joining us on our Twitter at Puckle Podcast um, or our Facebook groups. We have two. We got slash Puckle Podcast for our main Facebook group. And we have Puckle TCG for all things TCG. Please also join us in our Reddit for all of our forum discussions. And lastly, uh, if you're able to, if you have the money to spare, please become a Patreon Every single cent given to Puckle goes right back to the community, either in the form of better quality shows or in the form of prizes and more events and activities for you guys. 
So please go ahead and do that if you can. And lastly, but not definitely not least, the most important one is join our Discord. A link to join our Discord is in every single one of our description boxes. There you're going to find someone 24 hours a day, hopefully, where you can trade, battle, either normal video game or TCG. Anything Pokemon related, you will find it in our Discord. So you will find Gator, Sigma, myself there, song as all the hosts. We try to be as active as possible to uh, speak to the community because we're all one big happy Pokemon family. With that being said, guys, it's been an excellent show. Gator, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. Uh, let's uh, see what happens with all the new Pokemon games and new sets and I'm really excited to see Lost Thunder shake things up, and let's go Eevee, and let's go Pikachu change things for the video game. So, yeah. exciting time to be a Pokemon fan. <laughs> really excited. Plus, you have a movie coming, a live-action movie. My, the, the 12-year-old in me wept like a baby. Um, and, of course, Sigma, your expertise and your awesomeness is always welcome. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, and since I wasn't on last episode, I'd like to give my rating for Lost Thunder, and I think it might actually just be a 10. Wow! Yeah, I think that's actually the first ten we've ever given on a set. So I kinda, that's big news. There you go, a ten for Love uh, Thunder. Mean, okay, okay, okay. It's, it's fine to be a shell. Like, <laughs> I mean, tag teams are coming, and those things look like garbage. We're not getting a ten for a while. That's true. <laughs> we got a lot of bad sets coming. It's more to make us feel good than anything else. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, guys, you can hear the guitar playing in the background with the sweet, sweet melody of closing time. That means it's the end of the show. See you next month, and keep on TCG. Yeah.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.